Hi, everybody. I have a very special guest for you to watch today. Dr. Howard Cohn is going to explain to you how the body really works and really explain muscle response testing, explain all the emotional, nutritional, structural components to health. He's run his clinic for 30 years. He's the first person that adjusted me after my car accident. And he's a very special man. I'm very, very honored to share Dr. Howard Cohn and his insight into the wisdom of the human body and how it is the thing and your heart that will help you heal. Join us as we share Dr. Cohn with you. Welcome back to the Beats with Kelly Kennedy from Our Heart to Yours. And today I am so honored to have the longest relationship practitioner that I am so honored to share with you because all the roads in my life lead back to this man. I would not know my husband without this man. I would not have the opportunity to share with you how the body really works from a muscle response, autonomic nervous system testing. Dr. Howard Cohn has worked all over the world. He has run many companies. He's got an incredible institute, the Cohn Institute in Costa Mesa, California, that he and his wife, Christine, who is equally amazing, I would like to say, um, both as adjusters as well as overall body wellness practitioners. And you'll find them on our NotMeds website as one of the premier um, uh, clinics that we recommend. So we really, really honored and very special guest for me, Dr. Howard Cohn. Well, it's great to be here. And, uh, you know, the honor is all mine. It, uh, first of all, just the, uh, the lineup of people that you've associated with that each of you have lifted this community, uh, this wellness community to help empower people around the world to let them know their bodies a lot smarter than they may have ever even known. And they could do a magical things. And, uh, you know, knows no better feeling that, as you know, we'll ever have in someone else's life being better because we had an influence on it. And to hear those words from you, it's uh, it's an honor that I had anything to do with uh, at least getting the ball rolling for you. But you obviously have run with it and are doing amazing things. So it's cool to be here. and We're going to have a lot of fun. Thank you so much. And just to share with you a little bit what Dr. Cohen is talking about, I'll probably call him Howie a couple of times because he's been a good friend for years. But when I got in the car accident years ago, um, I researched for three years to find different people to help me. And it wasn't until I was introduced to this company that Dr. Cohen was a part of. And he brought into that company who is now my husband. So uh, I would not know my husband without Dr. Cohen. And I also, Ayn was the person that helped me get out of pain. So and then he said, you need to go get chiropractically adjusted. And I was like, no, no, my vertebrae were compressed. I'm not getting them adjusted. He said, no, you need to go to California. You need to see this guy. And Dr. Cohen adjusted me, the first person ever after my car accident. And then I couldn't leave his office for about three hours because I was an emotional mess. And he tied all that up and, and really started a true journey that we kind of joked about a few minutes ago. Um, because I really understood, and I knew that with Ayn, but I didn't quite understand the science. When I came back to Ayn and said, how'd you make me better? He goes, energy. And I go, what does that mean? <laughs> he goes, right. energy, cool, huh? I'm like, no, not cool. So what is this energy, if you would, Dr. Cohen, explain to them what that energy is that we're talking about that heals, that's magical. Well, we have this inborn mechanism. Obviously, people know these buzzwords, homeostasis, balance. Uh, autonomic nervous system, sympathetic, parasympathetic. At the end of the day, it's all about the same thing. Your body's always working to uh, function at its highest level, and it's a self-regulating, self-healing thing. And so as a practitioner, when you go see somebody like what you and I are doing or what we do in a clinic or our other colleagues that you've introduced 
to your community, um, the best doctors are not doing anything other than removing roadblocks that have been put up both from their external environment and uh, by ourselves unknowingly to our body's own internal mechanisms of self-function, self-regulation, and self-healing. So that's why if medicine ever got back to its roots, it would, it would remember there are these sayings, uh, uh, foundational sayings, like, above all, do no harm, mm. you know, which is really means a lot, meaning like the body knows what to do. You just got to give it what it needs to get out of the way. So like when we're looking we look at things as you do three different areas, there's our physical body, there's our biochemical nutritional health, and there's our mental emotional health. And they're not separate. They're all one. They're all interacting. They all overlap. And if you affect something somewhere, you affect it somewhere else. And the key is that knowing what to do when. And I think what you first saw I and do and demonstrate using muscle response testing, again, for most of us, when we first saw it, including myself, it looked at like, a, like a magic show. In fact, mm -hmm. the first time I ever saw somebody uh, do a demonstration of such a thing, I actually walked out, to be honest with you. I mean, <laughs> I thought I thought it was bullshit, right? I was like, there's no way that works. It looked too hokey. It just did. And, um, you know, I was a kid around saying I'm from New York. So, you know, in New York, if you're born in New York, you come out of the womb with your arms crossed, right? There's our opinion and our opinion. So I, it was so foreign to me. My mom was a nurse. I thought I knew what health was. It was this cabinet in the bathroom with six rows of pharmaceuticals. And if I was bitching about anything, there was the anti-bitch medicine and they would shut me up. And really what I learned was that was disease care that wasn't health care. That was the way to actually alter my symptoms, but it never really got me to health or wellness as if, you know, we all can mow our lawn and get rid of our weeds and think our weeds are gone because they, they're gone but it's gonna grow back, they're gonna grow back, maybe a dandelion, it's still a weed, because um, we never got to the root. Just so like if um, I have a headache, I take an aspirin, I don't have a headache, I don't have an aspirin deficiency, I don't, that would be ridiculous to think that, but that's the logic we use when we take an aspirin, N never knowing that all we're doing is shutting off the pain gate where our body's still experiencing the headache in all its forms, uh, I just don't feel it anymore. So, um, in healing, one of my mentors, uh, Donnie Epstein, brilliant doctor, um, uh, said that um, uh, you know healing helps you. The healing and curing are two different things. Curing helps you feel better, and healing helps you better feel. Meaning, like if I have a headache, I take an aspirin, it cures the headache. If I'm trying to get well or heal, it helps me better feel things that I don't necessarily want to feel. So it, it requires awareness. It requires that I awaken to something. The best example would be if my foot falls asleep. My foot falls asleep when it wakes up. The first thing I experience is not it waking up, is pain. Right. Because it's very uncomfortable and I shake it, move it, and then that dissipates. So I have this awareness. So it helps me better feel. So we want it, like when we're looking at things emotionally for somebody, the goal is not to stuff it. The goal is not to anesthetize it with drugs, pharmaceuticals, psychotropics, all these things. The goal is to bring it up so I can have that feeling, that catharsis, that experience, and hopefully the epiphany that's supposed to go with it so I can move on, become stronger, and be more flexible and for my environment. Yeah. So that's excessively profound. Thank you for that. So, And so many clients go, but I don't want to get symptoms, right? They don't right. want symptoms. And what you're saying is the opposite. And you use all the buzzword, thank you so much, that we've talked about. Regulation, autonomic nervous system, parasympathetic. 
and that that healing comes within. And I love that. I've never heard that heal so you can feel that's fabulous and bring that awareness. So when people feel symptoms, you mean they're not supposed to suppress them? I know I'm being a sarcastic person right, right now, but right. talk could speak well, to that. Well, that's what happens. People come in and they, they want to be out of pain yesterday or they want to uh, remove an experience that they're having. And the experience is where the lesson is, but nobody really wants to, to know that. Now, that being said, there are a lot of times where somebody will come in, they have something going on, we do one thing and boom, their pain or dysfunction is gone because they, that's where they were at in the healing process. But the, the only guarantee uh, is, is change. <laughs> it's the only guarantee, you know, is freedom, you know? So it, it really, I think we need to take an aerial view for your listeners, which is, you know, he, I, I did a, a recording a while ago. It was called The Greatest Lie Ever Told. And The Greatest Lie Ever Told, in my opinion, is, is if I don't have symptoms, I'm healthy, Ugh. which is a lie. Because yep. symptoms and pain are a liar. So uh, I could have terminal cancer. I can have, I could be two days shy of a heart attack. And I have no pain from either one of those situations. So I have two really horrific, potentially life-ending situations with no pain to warn me. I could have an ingrown toenail and I could have an abscessed tooth, two excruciatingly painful things when they're at their acute phase, but so simple to fix and handle. So pain is not always equal to what's going on with my health or life. So people think that they're fine. They're not fine. They're just asymptomatic. So you're either building your health every day or it's decaying. As we say, there's only one way to coast in life. And that's down. So, you know, like what you do in the clinic is that you're not waiting for people to develop symptoms. You're assessing where their body is at and you're helping them bring it to whatever the next level is for them. And obviously you have ways that like we do with muscle response testing and other things to measure real time. Like there's a time and a place for lab testing, blood testing, allergy testing, stool analysis testing, hair analysis, all you know, genetic testing, all these different things that can let us know pieces of your body uh, at that moment. Um, but then what about five minutes later? What about 10 minutes later? What, if the, what about that night? What about the next night? We're an ever evolving being. So with muscle response testing, you can find out what's going on with somebody real time at that moment, which may be different than the last visit you saw them and maybe different than the time before that. So no two people are ever alike. And then no two people are the same from visit to visit. If they are the same, then we're not doing our job because they're the same. And we right? want change and we always want change. We want change. And I think where people, there, people go, well, what's the end game? The true definition of health is not being asymptomatic. The true definition of health by my definition is, uh, and I think most in their own words, is ease in the midst of chaos, which means that there's always going to be stuff going on. There's going to be challenges, physical, chemical, emotional traumas to our body. Our measure of health is how we walk through that uh, without being pulled one way or the other because of it. You know, so like, for example, two people are in a car accident. One was subluxated, was stressed out when, when they had something on their mind, and they were maybe eating something that like they might have been allergic to, and they were in a car accident. Next thing you know, um, they're allergic to gluten because they were biting on a sandwich, and they had a trauma at the same time, and they never were before, but now they have a trauma associated with a insalivation of a 
bread at the same time, they are now sensitized to that emotion that they were thinking about where every time they think it again, they get that pain in the neck as if they were getting the car accident again. And they have physical ailments that just won't go away because every time they move their neck in the position it was when they were in the car accident, there it is again. Contrasted to someone who was not eating anything they were allergic to at that time, thinking about happy thoughts, and had just left their you know, chiropractor or your office or whatever, and they were hit by a car. The trauma is the same, but the state of the person when they were hit are completely different. So it's never about the trauma, it's about the state of the person. Just so, like, so, yeah, go ahead. So let's jump to coronavirus. Yeah, <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> I was gonna I, use that as an example, but you beat me I, to it. I know, because I've watched you, you know, and you, I, I've reposted some of the things on my personal page and boy has it, elicited some challenges from my own family members, right? Yeah. But I loved it. You were like, listen, this was months ago. We're going outside. We're going to walk without our masks because this is insane to put people inside. And you have been one of the leaders from my perspective in our community, teaching people to not be afraid of this virus. And if you are, then you were sick before the virus started. And we right. know 80% of our population is sick with a metabolic disorder, which is one of the reasons that this is the Dr. Caratello calls it the 9-11 of healthcare. This is right. the time to wake up and realize how your body works. And if you're scared of this virus, then you don't have the knowledge that Dr. Cohen and Not Meds has because we're, none of us are scared of this virus. Even if we get it, we're not scared of the virus. No, no. And see, that's a, that's a really heated thing because you know we treat people here at the clinic from all walks of life. Just really two hours ago, I had a critical care nurse in here who's convinced that everyone's dying and was freaked out about it. And because she sees it real hand, but what she sees real hand is people getting treatments that uh, do, are not effective and uh, things that are being done because the powers that be trickle down that this is what's gonna be done. But if anybody who doesn't have a financial interest or is free to do it can trickle up and do the research on the treatments, they realize there's no validation other than corrupt valid, you know, corruption all the way up political the politicizing of science. Uh, so where you have all these other treatments where people are trained to say, oh, there's no evidence of that. When there's tons of evidence, not only is there evidence in the literature, there's actually evidence of people actually getting people better doing other things, but nobody wants to hear that. We have a so-called task force where we have doctors who haven't seen patients in decades, if at all, and uh, are not on any front line and are too busy throwing the first ball out at the, you know, at the baseball game then they are introducing things that can increase people's immune system and their function and focus on prevention because it's not the game. And, you know, when you cannot, when people are sitting in front of a TV set because they're home, they, there's nothing they're going to do about it because they're programmed to believe something. And there's uh, powers that be that want them to believe this. And they go, oh, you're being conspiracy theorist. Uh, that's, you're, you're, uh, you're a Trump fan, whatever, whatever you can be discounted as so that people don't have to have the conversation. But the conversation is uh, most people are not dying. And the ones that are dying would have also been susceptible to the regular flu. And That's they would have right. been susceptible to all this other stuff. And then there were times where there were more people dying and nobody cared, like a Hong Kong flu and everybody just went to Woodstock and nobody cared. Not that they didn't care about people dying, but it wasn't anything different than any other time. And then I'm so, the thing that sickens me the most is the pandemic, the pandemic, the pandemic. There hasn't been a pandemic since the Spanish flu. If you look at the real numbers, this is not a pandemic. The only pandemic that exists is on the mainstream media news.
But if you look at really what's happening for people, the only pandemic there is, is the amount of people that are being dissociated from themselves, their family members and others, and their own common sense and health by being masked up, by being isolated, by being separated from other humans, doing all the things, being inside where they can go to a Costco, but they can't go to church. They, can go, they can't go to the gym, but they can go to a liquor store. And so anybody with half a common sense of brain knows that there's something's not right about that, but they're so afraid to follow their own intuition that they're just lining up for this. As we've seen in cultures around the world, the people who have come here to, for freedom and watching the very freedom being taken away. And then if there's a voice like yours, mine, other people, they're you know, shadow banned, they're being edited, they're being uh, labeled as like putting out false information on, on social media. And people go, oh, it's social media jargon. Well, it's the only place you can actually communicate to another person now. It's not like anybody's going to do any real journalism unless you're watching someone's private channel like Del Bigtree or Pam Popper or, or Lee Dundas or, or um, Peggy Hall or these people that are really putting their lifeline out there to get information, uh, which they have to self-fund because no one's donating any money to them because the powers that be are really pharmaceutical-based when there's more pharmaceutical lobbyists in a country than there are for anything else. There's more pharmaceutical lobbyists than there are Congress people right now in the United States. So you, 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 to, to be able to have a free conversation, and we're a free country. Look at all these other countries that have it worse, like Australia and New Zealand that we thought were open and free. These people locked in their home. I mean, it, it's really frightening what's going on right now at the filming of this. And who knows if you're, you know, someone's watching this three, four, five months later, it could be a lot uglier. You know, I like to be the optimist, but I know, I know what the agenda is. And the agenda is, is not something that I really want any part of, but um, there's a lot of money, there's a lot of powers that be and a lot of influence that are pushing it that way. And it, you know, it's like, you know, there's been through this time, a lot of funny memes around. And the thing that sticks out the most right now is the one of the one Amish person, this is perfect in your neck of the woods, yeah. talking to his Amish son, and the son goes to the father, hey, how come nobody here in our community has coronavirus? And then the dad goes, oh, because we don't have TV. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. They also don't have autism because yes. they don't have vaccines. No, they do not. So it's, you know, science, the purpose of science is to question. And in this right. country, we're not allowed to question. And when you read the science, the literature behind the virus, behind the proper techniques that our colleagues have found that are effective, as you said, they're not big money makers. No. <laughs> that's the problem because yeah. when you can help somebody get through the virus by adjusting their spine, maybe doing a vitus, yeah. vitus CIV, taking some zinc and moving their lymph, um, they're better. Yeah. There's no, there, there's no, re, there's no uh, TV time around that. That's just helping uh, people better. And uh, so I know that was a total sidetrack, but it was important for people to realize because we don't sit here. We know how the body works and we can tap into it real time. And with the autonomic nervous system testing, with the muscle response testing. So let's sidetrack back to that and sure. delve into when people come to the office, we, they watch us push down arms and they go, yep, what's that party trick you got going on? For right. me, I, much like you, I, I was, I'm from New York, but not the same party in New York, but I went to Cornell and when I first met Ian and he pushed on my arm, I was like, come on, that can't be real. If that was real, they would have taught me that at Cornell. Come on. <laughs> and it took me some time, but because of the result I got, I couldn't dispute the result. 
So I continue to investigate. And now I call myself a biological investigator because I keep just investigating to understand this body. And I have complete confidence in this body. So how did you, can you explain muscle response testing and what that really is and why some are better at it than others? (laughs) Well, it's like anything else. I mean, you know, you can like uh, put a a piano in front of a, a monkey and you can put it in front of somebody who's classically trained and it's gonna work differently. You can, you can uh, uh, put me on a basketball court or you can put like Michael Jordan on a basketball court where you'd have a different outcome. The difference is lots of things, training, uh, biology, you know, there's certain things about that make somebody be able to do something or, and, and an intuition for the game uh, that's gonna make them, you know, play different, function different. So, you know, I always say for the people that do what we do at the level that we do it at, um, it, you know, you don't choose to do it. It chooses you. And uh, for some people that's too airy fairy, but you know, it really is. I mean, it's definitely a calling to do it at the level we do it at and in the way we do it, because there are a lot more financially profitable ways to do it. There are a lot less stressful ways to do it. And there's a lot more ways to do it that are more automated where you don't have to have that personal connection all the time but you know we also see the magic of what it can do so that we do it that way now we we talked a bit about you know the first time i saw this i walked out i thought it was a bunch of crap and you know my first experience was not not a great one the person doing the lecture wasn't great and i didn't really get it you know but at the same time a little bit of it was when the students ready the teacher appears i did not i wasn't ready to hear it either and certain people explain it and do it differently as well you know it's like anything else in life you know you've had many partners and for many different ways and reasons and some are better than others at whatever conversation we're going to talk about right so um and there's a chemistry that happens as well i mean there are millions of doctors in the world and you're going to see ones that you just don't like even if their skill set is there there needs to be some kind of doctor patient chemistry or belief or trust or faith you know there's a whole conversation about that we talk about that um, one of our mentors, uh, Dr. Walker, talks about with verities. People are just going to believe what they believe because they just believe it. You know, not everybody's going to get it, but everyone deserves to be exposed to it. That's what what I believe. And if it resonates with them, great. If it doesn't, you know, it's like we talked about in the day: three different kinds of people: a red apple, a green apple, and a rotten apple. Right? The red apples are like I've been looking all over the world for the not meds community. Right? And then. Um, uh, and, uh, and then um, the, um, so that's the red apple. The green apple is like, I'm interested. Let me watch a few more podcasts. Let me come to your clinic. Let me check it out. Let me get treatment. And if I, if I feel better and I'm functioning better, then I'm all in, right? They're green. They're not just ripe yet, but they need a little more time. And then there's the rotten apples, which are, they're just not into it. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to know. It's the whole Mark Twain conversation of like I knew I'd live 10 years longer if I quit smoking but that would be 10 years without cigarettes so you're gonna have to pull it out of my cold dead hand so where if you saw somebody doing something that was killing them you say hey you may not want to do that or if you do it you need to do this because if you do the crime you got to do the time they're like I don't want any part of that I don't believe that I'm this I'm fine it's a rotten apple (laughs) they want to take their mask down and eat their Big Mac and put their mask back on (laughs) Yes, my favorite is smoking through the hole in the mask. Uh, that's, yes. that's, that's my winner. Yes. yes so, um, anywho, <laughs> back to back to this. So basically, what I tell people, just you know, because it looks like magic when you do it. You know, first somebody's strong, then they're weak. Basically, your brain 
sends a message to your body telling it what to do, a command, right? Uh, saying, hold this muscle up. So you're either holding a muscle up like, like this, or you can do a deltoid muscle. You can do all, there's like hundreds of muscles that you can test, um, but they're all giving you the same thing. It's like a biofeedback loop with your nervous system, right? And then, so that's like the hard, the hardware is the brain sending the, the message to the muscle. Then there's different techniques that have different names, that have different letters attached to them, that have different founders. Those are no different than people that write software for the computer, right? And so, and then we can access it and go, oh, I like this technique better than that technique or that one better than this. Well, you know, that might be preference of certain programs or of certain video games you like over other ones, but it looks like the same video game, right? Or you have the same experience. You get that do it this way or do that war game, whatever it is, it really doesn't matter. Except the key is knowing what to do when. And as you know, you can have one technique or you can have many different techniques. And if you do it like you and I do it, and people have been to your clinic will know, um, what happens is we're driven by the people that we can't help, not the ones we can't help. Okay. So we, we you know, have 10 people that have the same like autoimmune issue and you help nine out of 10, but it's that one, it's that one that keeps you up at night. So you're learning 20 other things until you find the one thing, or you learn about the one biological dentist you need to send them to, or you learn about the, the one clinic that does that one thing that only they do at that clinic that you know to send them to. Like we say at the Cone Health Institute that not, you know, we tell people when they come here, they need to get better whether they like it or not, which is if we can't help them, one of my doctors can't help them, I'll personally find somebody who can. So the next them that comes, I'll know how to fix it. So I would have then had to go learn it, or I knew who to send them to. Um, because when I tell people we're spidered out a hundred clinics around the world, yours is one of them because you do very unique things at your clinic and some that we don't do at our clinic because if it wasn't for you, they wouldn't even be in the United States as some people know and may have learned throughout your programs. So um, with the muscle testing thing, I tell patients so they can have it ground. We use your body like a computer, your muscles like a keyboard and we're just mm -hmm. accessing information. So people go, well, how can you touch things and things turn on and off? So I like to speak in analogies because people, you know, this bedtime story is not bedtime facts. So they'll remember the story and they'll be able to tell their friend, right? So I say, you know, your body's mostly water. You've heard that before. Well, 70%, 90%, whatever you want to read, we're mostly water, right? And water conducts electricity, which is why you never play with the plugged in blow dryer by a full tub, right? And make a joke about it. Um, and so let's say, God forbid, you were getting electrocuted and I touched you. Guess who else would get electrocuted? Me, you. right? So bad day for both of us. So basically, um, we're looking for works called meridian access, access points. Some people call them acupuncture points. They got a lot of different names. But it, it's like when the, before the plane takes off, the pilot tests like 50 to 100 different things. And if one thing's not working, you don't fly the plane. That's right. how we look at your body. Not that you can't fly out of here or leave, but we're going to look at, we're going to identify what are the things that are not working at 100%. And not only that, what order to do them in? Because your body has a wisdom and a priority system where you can tell what to do when. Because if you don't follow that too, that secondary thing, uh, the right thing done at the wrong time is still the wrong thing. thing. Like a combination to a safe. If I give you a combination to a safe and six different numbers, but I jumble the numbers, you're not gonna open up that safe. So you might as well not even have the right numbers. And people forget that because they'll do something, they'll go, I went to the functional medical doctor and 
they did a hair analysis or a 24 hour urine test and they said I was mercury and arsenic toxic. And so they either put me on chelation or they saw it was coming from my tooth. And so they, they took out the three mercury amalgam teeth, but they didn't do proper procedures or they didn't test which one to do when. And so I, I not methylating properly and I liberated all this metal and now I have Gillian Barre syndrome and I can't walk. Right. So that's the right thing done, but at the wrong time, what needed to happen was that that person's detoxification pathways needed to be corrected, opened up first, and then a very sequential order. Um, those interferences when the body's strong enough, the, the leaky gut was handled, the blood brain barrier was strong, uh, that other. And the lymph, the lymph was, oh, yeah, I was about to, drink. Sorry. Was about, that's the word Sorry, I'll shut up. up. <laughs> the, the proper roots of lymphatic drainage were opened up. Get out of my head. Yes. The uh, roots of lymphatic drainage were opened up so they can, you know, your lymph is the bloodstream for immune system. You need to be able to get it out. Otherwise. Please say that again. Please say that again, Howie. The yeah. blood, the lymph system, say that again. It's, it's the bloodstream for your immune system. When you look the at it. The bloodstream for your immune system. Everybody wants to know how to boost their immune system. Right. And the lymphatics are the blood the right. bloodstream of your yeah. immune system. Yes. You, it's garbage in, garbage out. Not just your, when people think of that, they go, oh, you know, I did a colon cleanse. No, it's nice as your colon. Do you know, if you went to a lymphatic drainage therapist who knows how to do it, or if you use different technology like you do to help facilitate lymphatic drainage, you realize the philosophy is you cannot fill a full glass, okay? People think this supplement, that supplement, that I do this, but what are you doing for drainage? You gotta get the junk out. If you're not getting the junk out, you're going to be what? You're like the sink that's backed up. What are you going to do? Flood the house. If you flood the house, there's nowhere to live. Nowhere to live. So it's not only is it what I need that I'm deficient in, and not only is it what I'm toxic in, if you release the toxins, but you don't get a way for them to get out, you actually make the person worse where you should have left them alone. Yeah. A really good point because you know the body does have that wisdom, and a good healthcare practitioner is going to muscle test and find the the points that need to be addressed and the proper timing that the body wants them addressed in. Because if you screw with that, you're messing with magic because there's a certain way the body wants it done. And the way I look at muscle response testing is like we become translators of what the body's trying to tell us, whether we're symptomatic or not. But I love the analogy of the and understanding the water and why we are bioelectrical beings and why we we have this amazing system to allow us to access the wisdom with inside that right. some practitioners are better than others because they're more skilled, they're more trained, and they're more open to finding and discovering what the answers are instead of, oh, you have Jillian Bray so syndrome, so I know it's got to be mercury toxicity because I saw seven people last month with the same thing. Could be different for the next person. Right, right, right. And it could be a different thing triggering. It could be multiple things. And then it also might not be physical. It could be a structural-based thing or neurological-based thing or a uh, emotional-based thing. And you don't know unless you're looking at it. So like, again, if you only speak one language, if you're, a, let's say, a structural-based chiropractor, only really speaking one language now you can communicate with both things and you can interface with both things same thing if i'm a functional medicine kind of person or functional nutrition person i can everything's interfaced biochemically nutritionally and you know other different uh, aspects maybe some ideas or emotionally based therapists whether i'm doing different techniques for emotional release or traditional therapies 
um, that's going to be my language. But it's what I do is I look at it like road, roads to LA. That's what I would call it here. So if I'm in Orange County, which is south of LA, there's three ways I can get to LA. I can take the freeway, I could take side streets, or I could take a helicopter, right? Mm. What I'm looking for in that person, it's different every time. What is the helicopter that day? What is the fastest route that day? It's, and it's not always the helicopter. For example, physical, nutritional, emotional would be like side streets, uh, uh, highway, or helicopter. So there are days to do each one based on what the body says, not my opinion. It's so important. doesn't matter what I think because the body's always right. But if I'm asking, if I'm doing what I think, it's, it's, it's like crapshoot. I'm throwing darts against the wall, hope I hit the bullseye. If I ask the body what it needs, I can never be wrong. Okay. Now there are signals from the body that will throw missed signals. So you got to understand how to sift through that when people switch neurologically disorganized, stuff like that. But um, there are days where we think, oh, always, always helicopter, always helicopter. Yeah. What if it's foggy? Uh, you could crash the helicopter. Right. Not the day to do that. Not the day. So even though they come in and most of the stuff you know, you know, is emotional trauma, it might not be the day that you do that. It might be the day that you get them on the right things nutritionally. It might be the day that you free the nervous system or do something to just put them into more of a parasympathetic state from their like sympathetic overload so that they can get geared up to do some emotional release because they're not ready yet. The fog has not cleared, Right. Then you go, well, definitely the freeway. The freeway is the way. Well, what if there's construction on the road? What if they got a leaky gut? What if they had head trauma? Well, then you don't want, if they've been concussed, you don't want to do that route. You might want to take the side streets. It might take longer, but you'll get there. And you know what? Most of the times it won't take longer. It'll be faster because if you went the freeway and with all the construction, it would have took you longer. So these are analogies that we use with patients so that they'll understand that it's this is a fluid kind of thing and there are no two humans that have ever been to this clinic over the last 30 years we've been doing this at the cone health institute at least i have for 30 years <laughs> um, and this is three that's a long time right and um i've never seen two people that are alike yeah and so when you say emotional because i know we have to right. tie this up real quick but from an emotional perspective, a lot of our clients, chronic illness, they're like, oh, it's all in their head, right? And that's why they end up seeking other practitioners, other doctors, because a lot of times in the allopathic community, if they can't figure it out, unfortunately, they're not kept up at night by the ones they can't heal, like we are. They're, they're just like, oh, that was a bunch of people today that it's all in their head. How many of your clients in 30 years has it truly been in their head in a psychological psychosis problem well your mind and your body are the same thing it's not some new agey kind of statement it's just the reality of facts so it's impossible for something to just be in their head without affecting their body just like it's impossible to do something physically to somebody without it creating a biochemical uh, shift in their consciousness their brain their function their neurotransmitters their chemistry their neurochemistry their endorphins all that kind of stuff so when you have that knowledge and you understand that you have a better appreciation about Every little thing you do better be exactly what they need. Otherwise, we're back to above all, do no harm and you just did some harm, right? So, but most people don't do that. They cavalierly give them drugs or do certain things or do procedures rather than looking at why something is the way it is. So what, when we explain the emotional thing, what we, how we say this is, how emotions work is what you don't express, you'll repress till it expresses this disease or dysfunction. It's kind of like Woody Allen he used to say, I never get angry, I just grow a tumor. Meaning if I don't get my stuff out, <laughs> in 
that comes out as something ugly, either health right. issue or behavior, right? So what we do is we look at, you know, certain therapies like you do that are condition response based, you know, Ivan Pavlov held meat in front of the dogs, rang the bell, but the dogs would drool. He took the meat away, they would still drool, became conditioned to the bell. Eventually the dogs, even with their small dog, Greg figured it out, they go, this is dumb, why are we still drooling this? Just an old guy with a beard, you know, ringing a bell. And except humans, we drool our whole life away, right? We have these metaphors for it, like he pushed my button, she pulls my strings, you don't understand, I'm a victim of this. And these are areas in our life we've given our power up to mother, father, teacher, preach, all different people in our life that have affected us, or more importantly, we, we've allowed to affect us. So what we look to do, like you look to do with using a variety of different techniques and therapies to get the body to let go of these things so that it can move forward. They're like weights. You know, the analogy that I have for health is like, you know, you're born and God gives you this big knapsack and it could hold a hundred pounds worth of garbage that's going to happen to you in your life, physical or mental, emotional, biochemical trauma. If you hit a hundred pounds, you you outweigh the earth, you fall six feet under and you're gone. The huh. game of life is emptying the knapsack faster than you're filling it. So what you got to do with every food you eat, whatever procedure you do, whatever practitioner you see, is this emptying my knapsack or is it adding to my knapsack? Mm -hmm. Each relationship, each friendship, each Facebook friend, each time I'm answering a post that's going nowhere because I want this person to stand and I'm not realizing they're rotten out, whatever it is you're it, it's you know we're looking for like you are we're looking for people that are looking for us because every night someone will take a knee not someone millions of people take a knee in prayer hoping someone somewhere will help them or a loved one who's suffering with something um and for so many people the stuff that you do we do in our clinic the stuff that happens in your clinic has been that miracle for people but there's no there, the only reason that they know about it is because someone already went to your place, they already had a result, and they told other people. The only reason we're doing this today is yet it's another forum to get the word out, but people share and spread something positive or possibility for them rather than the same crap of, oh, I got this. See, what you say is most people are just getting on a Facebook group, joining the support group, and all they're doing is talking to most people about what's not working for them. Now, occasionally that form has been used and more and more positively now where people are sharing ideas. They might learn about you, they might learn about our clinic. We've had people come in from the web, which I never thought would happen. And we've had a waiting list forever, but they, they're like, oh, I learned about you on the internet. I'm like, you did? Wow, people are looking about that, you know? So yeah, it's happening. It's, it's really enlightening to have you share this with the audience and I really appreciate it so much. And I just want to speak really quickly because so many people take great supplements and you've created an amazing supplement called 7.2, which helps people detoxify. That's mostly greens and you're still involved in that company. And I know you take stuff. And when we met for coffee, we didn't have coffee. We had juices, like fresh <laughs> juices, because that's how we live. And all that being said, I've known you for 20 years. And when I met your wife for the first time about seven years ago, five years ago, I was blown away at, with her. She's an amazing woman. And I was so happy that you found your person. <laughs> it was so obvious to me that you found your person. And I've, I've watched you from afar because we haven't had a lot of connections in the last 20 years, but I've watched you from afar. I've watched you grow. I've watched that happiness ensue. And I know that all the health that you give others, it doesn't honestly matter to me what you take because I know in your heart, that's what makes you healthy. And I'd like you to speak about that because for me, 
all the pills, all the drugs I was taking before I came into this world. And then as I came into this world, I took a lot of supplements for 20 years, handfuls of supplements, thinking that was the way to be well. And I feel like in the last two to three years, my wellness might has just skyrocketed because I have a new awareness of my heart. And right. your wife was a big part of that. That's awesome. <laughs> because the emotional work I did with her, she didn't know me. And it was awesome because she didn't know me. And she was able to feel me, whereas my husband can't be my practitioner anymore. <laughs> you were on sabbatical. I was flying to California. You were on sabbatical. So I was like, okay, I'll see her. She's probably awesome too. And it, it shifted me in a way that nobody else had shifted me because I was ready and because she didn't know me. So could you just speak to the heart aspect of the body in regards to healing and wellness? Sure. I mean, healing, in my opinion, has to be heart-centered. Centered. If it is not heart-centered, there's no way to get the bullseye. It is the bullseye of healing. One needs to be coming from their heart as a practitioner. One needs to be one with the heart of the person in front of them. We call it old school uh, PTC, which is present time consciousness. I mean, we need to be there with that person. And we need to, as Dr. Goodhart, the founder of Muscle Response Testing said, he goes, we need to hear with ears that hear, uh, feel with hands that feel, you know, and see with eyes that see, right? And um, it, it really starts in the center of somebody's heart space. What I try and do is when somebody comes in, my first thing I do is I visualize them completely healthy. And mm -hmm. if I visualize them completely healthy, the things that pop up are all the things that are not healthy about them. So it helps me zero in on exactly what I need to help them get awareness on and lock arms with them and help them through where they are to where they can be. And it's very important to bring them on the ride, their own ride. They need to choose their, their ride. I can't want it for them. They need to want it for themselves. And it's very important that we tell people that, that we, none of the doctors here, even though people call us healers, we are not healers. The body heals itself. We are agents that help and facilitate uh, with doing our best to not get in the way, not give our personal opinion, but just be a mirror of what's happening for the body and help guide it along and remove the roadblocks so that it can heal itself. So whether it's chiropractically, whether it's nutritionally, whether it's emotionally, uh, doing that and help them find that center. Because, you know, I mean... Albert Einstein said a lot of great things, but the thing he said the most is that that resonated with me that always goes to number one. He said, every human being is going to have to make a choice in their life. Uh, that's the most important decision they'll ever make. And that decision is whether we live in a kind world or a hostile world. And if I turn on the TV right now, or even if I look, doesn't matter what station I look at, doesn't matter what side of the fence you might be on, you see a lot of hostility. You see a lot of divisiveness. You see people pushing people away. You see people... Uh, uh, focusing on differences. And that is not the, that is not the order of, of man or woman or being or anything. Um, and, uh, uh, but for it to be different, we have to choose it to be different. So if I focus on that, I'm going to think the world is hostile. But every time I do that, someone, God, nature will send me somebody that remind me that people are good. And although it looks like some people are crazy, you know, you just got to dig deeper in others. To get to the good. Now, some it's so buried, like the Grinch, that little art, so buried, like Scrooge is so buried. 
that not everybody's gonna go digging everywhere. But you know what? There's a lot of people that are ready to like break that last shell off and they've done some work. Those are the people that we were looking for. But we have, it's very important to have empathy for every person because we don't know where they're at and we don't know what they've been through. That's put them where they're at. And if we can come from that place, you can never hate another person. You can never really dislike anybody. You can just have empathy for wherever, whatever suffering they have that's having them show up the certain way that they are. And at very best and least, be a light for them so that they have something to move towards. And whether they, if they get it, great. And if they don't, maybe it's just not yet. But it's very, very important. You know, the last thing I'll leave you is uh, Donnie Epstein again had another great one that helped me out of a consciousness rut that I was in. When I spent 10 years, like the stuff that people are awakening to now, all the crazy stuff in the world, I was talking about 30 years ago. Right. And I went down that rabbit hole. And when you go down that rabbit hole, it's hard to, if your faith is not strong, it's hard to find okayness. Mm. The world starts to look dark when you're seeing these things going on with the pedophile people, you see things going on with corrupt politicians, you see things going on with science has been politicized, you see things going on where people are lying, cheating, and stealing. We see people going on in the clergy that are doing nasty things. So there's nowhere left to go. And he said that, he goes, I decided to give up searching for truth. I decided to create a reality that works. And, uh, you know, that's what I would invite everybody to do is that I think, you know, like you're saying, if you center yourself in your heart, there's really no question what's wrong and what's right. You know, those adages in every religion's books, do unto others like you want done to yourself, be kind, you know, be loving, always know that there's something greater than you out there, you know, and try and connect to that. These are, these are things that, that are truths for me that have allowed me to at least stay buoyant most of the time, even though I am human, I'm not perfect. And I'm sure someone can catch a video of me somewhere saying something that offends somebody, but, uh, you know, we can only speak our truth, right? Well, that was beautiful. And thank you so much. I, you know, with Sound the Soul, we only had an opportunity to talk about it in November, but you just exemplified what Sound the Soul does. Because when Rasmus Gout Bergenhausen, who's the creator of it, he worked with Master Emoto for 17 years. And the one thing he got frustrated with was the duplication of Emoto's scientific experiment. And he found that not everybody could think and make beautiful water crystals, but he found that when he hooked their heart rate variability up to the water and play it back as sound, convert it into music, everybody made beautiful water crystals because in our heart, we're all beautiful. And that's what this message is. And this is the time for people to open their hearts. And as soon as we can fly, which I'm fine to fly now. So I'm going to come out to Costa Mesa. I'm going to give you a flow prezzo and a sound of soul session. And you're going to have to experience it because you have been amazing today. Thank you so much for your time, your energy, your effort, your passion, your devotion for 30 years, for all the people that you've helped. And truly for my heart, thank you for all that you've done in my life. (laughs) This is the first one I've cried at, actually. (laughs) Today is July 23rd, the day we're we're recording this. 23 is my favorite number. I met you 23 years ago. Wow. There's a lot of things happening in my life right now that are very synchronistic. A lot of 
Fibonacci series stuff coming back at me. And that's what this is all based upon. And I truly hope that today, if you found us because you've been searching, you've been looking for something, you've been one of those millions and millions of people on your knees looking for a new way into your heart, into your own wellness, please reach out to Dr. Cohen at the Cohen Institute. He's in Costa Mesa, California. All the show notes will have his access points. He's, of course, on Facebook. He's got his own website. He's, you can also find him here on NotWebs, uh, not meds on our, um, <laughs> blah, 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 on NotMeds. You can find him as well. And make sure you hit the subscribe and notification button so that you know when we're here next time. Thank you all from our heart to yours. Have a blessed day.